Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I got a question for you. What happens when you cross a longhorn with a tiger? I don't know, but I can't wait to see this Saturday. I am your host, Philip Slavin. And I am Chris Ross. And this is the 1012 podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Yes, this Saturday is the best non-conference game on the schedule for 2019. It's Texas versus LSU, and I could not be more excited. Yeah, I mean, this is what we've looked forward to, right, all year. I mean, last week we had an opening weekend, but this is... This is a game that's going to define the Longhorn season, right? You win this, and and college, you know, football playoff isn't out of the picture. Or the Big Twelve Championship. You, I mean, everything that you worked for all off season is is for the taking. If you win this game, lose this game, and it doesn't really kill any shot in anything, but it's going to make the road a little bit a, a lot harder. A couple other reasons why this is a big game. A, it's huge for the Big Twelve. Because there's, there's not a lot of opportunities this non-conference season for the Big 12 to really put a stamp down as this is a conference you need to pay attention to. Like, we, it's going to eat itself alive mm-hmm. in the conference. But outside of conference, this is a big game. And for the SEC, this is an opportunity. Look, the SEC at the bottom is awful. 
especially after week one with all the losses they suffered. And then, you know, Alabama's good, Georgia's good, LSU's good. All those teams won and look good. But if you could knock one of the SEC teams from the top of the bunch down from their perch, you'd just start to chip away even more at that the greatest conference ever armor <laughs> that the SEC has around it at all time. And that is a good thing. So, I, I look, you don't have to root for Texas as an OU fan or a Big 12 fan, but you should want Texas to win this game. You don't have to root for them, but I'm, I'm just asking you, don't root against them. This is a big game for the conference. And if you're like, I don't care, I want Texas to lose every game. Well, that's fine. You're an idiot. Um, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be easy for the Longhorns, though. One, LSU, they looked really good. And then two, the running back situation in Austin right now, I, I'm not sure I've seen one quite this bad. It, it's, <laughs> to say, I mean, it's getting thin. That's a that's a mild understatement. It is something that we are going to talk about with our guests today. we got two fantastic guests to help break down our Game of the Week preview. Kyle Carpenter from the Longhorn Republic podcast joins the show. He is, he is co-host with Gerald Goodrich, who's our good Texas friend as well. And very excited to have Brett Wynn from Pod of Gold. It's G-E-A-U-X-L-D, LSU podcast on the show. This was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a really good time. Crack some jokes, you know? Shots, uh, some some shots were fired, uh, but I thought this was a really good interview, and I thought we, it was really informative heading into this game. No, it was great. It's a fantastic uh, show. One of my favorites that we've done so far uh, here from both sides. Both guests were just absolutely fantastic, and uh, I, I love their insight on the game, and I, I mean, it just made me more ready for this game to happen. Yeah, another way you can preview this game, there's going to be plenty of coverage on it, of it, on the Land Grant Gauntlet website, Land Grant Gauntlet. We've got plenty of Texas writers. They are all, fingers are just itching, twitching to write about this game, talk about this game, preview this game. So there's going to be plenty of coverage of this huge matchup on the site this week leading into Saturday. No, absolutely. Uh, I think we have six Longhorn contributors now, and uh, which is fantastic. They've been all over the coverage, uh, the the game analysis, the the previews, the recaps, um, position groups, what's going on with the running backs, that kind of stuff. It, it's great. Speaking of which, while you're there, make sure you find the link to sign up for ESPN Plus. No, Texas LSU is going to be available to anybody with a with just an antenna. That's going to be the mm-hmm. the game of the week. But if you're a Kansas fan, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, your games on Saturday are only going to be available on ESPN+. Plus. It's available for $4.99 a month. It's real cheap. You get plenty of Big 12 action, other sports, other teams. You get the Miles to Go show, which whether you're a Kansas fan or not, the thing is freaking hilarious and awesome and a really cool behind-the-scenes look at the process of hiring a coach and then putting together a staff. You can find the link on Land Grant Gauntlet. You can find that on their Twitter account at the underscore LGG. We have the link pinned to the top of our Twitter account, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Go ahead, click that link, get signed up before Saturday so you don't miss any of the action. Oklahoma State game, Kansas's football game, you're not going to want to miss those this weekend. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, I mean, they we've partnered with ESPN Plus this year. It's super exciting. So, I mean, you guys, you, you get your, even if you just do the free trial to get the game, uh, if you want to watch the whole thing, the Miles to Go series is pretty cool with uh, following less miles around at Kansas. And then, you know, you just have all the other games. Last week, it was Kansas State and Baylor. This week, Kansas and Oklahoma State. Uh, that's the trend. So, if you guys want to sign up for ESPN Plus, it's super exciting to be partnered with him. So 
when you guys sign up, use our links, then it, it helps out the LGG and, and all the guys here that, that work hard and, and just because they have a passion for the game to cover their team. Get signed up for ESPN Plus. Bookmark LandGrantGoutlet.com. Follow them on Twitter at the underscore LGG. Give us a follow as well at TEN number 12, the word podcast. It is the biggest game of the week, nay. It is the biggest game of the Big 12's non-conference schedule. No, it is the best non-conference game this season. Sorry, Clemson A&M. We don't know. Not going to happen. Texas versus LSU. So, of course, it's our game preview of the week. Have two very, very awesome guests joining us today to help break this down. Kyle Carpenter from the Longhorn Republic. Uh, into his long hiatus and joins us back on the 1012. It's been far too long. Nice to hear your voice again. Uh, happy to happy to be here. Hey, thank you. You know what? It, it is a nice voice, and you are welcome for it. <laughs> uh, to represent the LSU Tigers, Brett Wynn, from one of my favorite podcast names ever, Pot of Gold. Now, understand, that doesn't sound all that creative until you realize gold is spelled G-E-A-U-X-L-D. Brett, welcome to the 1012, man. Look, we're a bunch of creative guys and come up with good names. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm ready to talk some of this. I've been looking forward to this game for years now, so I'm ready. Isn't that the fun part of college football, seeing a game on the schedule uh, 20 years out and just patiently waiting for it to come? Well, it makes you feel old because whenever this was done, you're like, oh my God, 2019, gross. And then here we are, like it's it's flew by and now it's here. Yeah, I don't, I don't I've got a seven- a uh, month-old daughter. I've got interns that remind me how old I am. I don't need any more references to, to how old I've now gotten. I get enough of those on a daily basis. Thank you. All right, so this is a huge game, and I, and I want to start there. This is a big game for both teams who both have aspirations of trying to break through and reach the playoff. Uh, but I also think it's a big game for both conferences, though I would argue it's a bigger game for the Big 12 because of the lack of marquee non-conference games they have on the schedule this year. Sorry, Iowa State. I know Iowa State-Iowa is a nice game. I mean, I'm not trying to knock it, but let's let's be honest. As far as like games that make you stop and go, ooh, when you see them on the schedule, this is about the biggest one by far. So Kyle, I'm going to start with you. How big do you think this game is for Texas, especially if they could get a W? Well, I, I don't know if you've heard the phrase. It's it's a little thing I've come up with. Probably haven't heard it outside of Austin, but the, the people are wondering if Texas is back. Maybe you've heard that um, <laughs> <laughs> ad nauseum. That's new. Uh, but no, I think in a, it's a new one. That's a new one for us. <laughs> I think in a very real way, uh, this is a test of it, right? I mean, the the, the Louisiana Tech game was a great uh, intermediary between playing Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and playing LSU uh, at home in Austin. So, I mean, this is. Um, the two of the last three games have come against enormous opponents. Um, and this is the one um, that I think everyone, like we've said, has had circled on the calendar for a while. I think this is unmistakably, irre- irrefutably, a enormous game. I mean, Texas hosted in 06 Ohio State, who was the number one team at the nation in the nation at the time. Other than that, I mean, there's nothing in the past 10 years that, that comes even even close. So um, even without the, the caveat of needing to prove that truly – um, Texas is to the Vince Young era years and not, or the Colt McCoy years and not the Case McCoy years. Um, this, this is, this is just a big game. You, you mentioned Louisiana Tech and I, I don't want to ask you about that one because here's been my problem with Texas up to this point. 
Uh, everyone keeps wanting to say they're back. I'm glad they beat Georgia. I'm glad that they, they beat OU during the regular season. They played up to the big teams, but they played down to the bad ones. Mm-hmm. They lost to Maryland, nearly lost to Tulsa, had some close games in the Big 12 against teams that they shouldn't have close games against. And the, the Texas of old that I recall of being, of what you guys are saying, is back to curb stomped bad and mediocre teams on a regular basis. So to see them open the season against a Louisiana Tech team that I think is pretty good, uh, was impressive. Now, now I have a question, and it's this. What is a number we should be paying closer attention to? The final score or the total yardage where Texas didn't outgain Louisiana Tech by much? Yeah, I mean, I think probably the score. I think the the, the number really is 38-0 to zero when the starters went out. Um, you know, Texas had a, a good, comfortable lead. And, and a lot of fans just based on, hey, Maryland was terrible, um, getting the week one scaries out of the way will take that. But I think if you watch it with a more critical eye, there was a ton of meat left on the bone. I don't think Texas played a perfect game. They played probably a B-level game and still were able to win 45-14. to 14. So I think if you take that, um, then, then the final score. But I mean, if the, the interesting thing, when you look at the yards, it is uncannily similar to how Louisiana tech played against LSU, um, in a 31 to 21 game last year, the quarterback had 330 yards versus 331, I guess an extra yard against Texas. He did have two touchdowns and an interception as opposed to three and an interception last year. Um, and even, even the, the running back, you know, 26 carries for the, or in the ground game for La tech in each of the games, they get, 2.8 against Texas, 3.3 against uh, LSU. So, I mean, it's it tracks very similar, if not slightly, in Texas's favor um, from a team that brought most of its team back from last year. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's you can look at either stat and say, okay, I think it's a fine week one game. It's, it's a good thing, but I'm not going to overblow it and say, based on that performance, I have no doubts at all uh, about the Texas team. But I think it was a, I think it was a fair week one opening with a lot of coachable moments. I think heading into the LSU game, the, the worst thing you want is a team getting a little cocky. I think they, the, the coaches were happy to have enough to still yell about. Yeah, absolutely. It was a solid performance. It was everything I kind of hoped out of the Longhorns. Uh, heading up into the game and I think I think they delivered on kind of what we were expecting but there is still work to do which like you said can be a good thing you don't want to be perfect out of the gate Brett I want to talk about the the Louisiana State offense because uh, it was pretty impressive it was what we've been begging for for at least a decade I mean it's finally it, it finally looks like LSU has found the right crew to put as many athletes on the field as possible and get them the ball like I know it sounds like the stupidest easiest mm-hmm. thing and the Big 12 has been doing it for years but that's just not the way LSU's done it you know whenever you were talking about letting teams hang around and hang around and play into your competition that was less miles we would sit in our you know multiple tight end form formation and just say hey we got the better offensive line let's just pound this game out and and let's go home it looks like that's over LSU has recruited with the best of them over the last few years especially when Ed Orgeron came in and you're finally seeing these guys get the ball in space I know it was Georgia Southern but we have just not seen that happen in a while can I just say I've I've wondered for some time how LSU kept landing all these four and five star wide receivers when none of them ever got (laughs) the ball it as an Oklahoma State it's, fan it's, it would drive me nuts to watch somebody go to LSU and go what are you you're you're gonna get like three catches a season what are you doing 
I mean, the honest answer to that is a lot of those guys are homegrown. I mean, Oklahoma State got a guy, uh, Ty Tyrion Johnson. I can't come up with his name uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tyrion Five-star wide receiver. I mean, I think he's in the league now. He was a guy that we had, and it's like, okay, we're the offense is opening up, baby. Let's go. And he just never got the ball. And, I mean, there's just a, a list of those type of guys. But luckily they're homegrown, and that's why a lot of them went to LSU. So Joe Burrow, he played lights out, you know, 23 of, of, of 27 for nearly 300 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, how has his game progressed, and and what should the Longhorns be worried about out of him? Well, and it came out a couple, maybe a couple months ago during spring and everything where they asked him about how he feels differently from the first game last year, and he was like, yeah, that was the first time I'd taken a snap under center since, like, seventh grade. And, and it was just like, wait, are you serious? And – I think that just kind of sums it up that Joe Burrow was a very good quarterback when he was not in his comfort zone. And this offense is his comfort zone. This is what he he committed to Tom Herman and Ohio State to run. And I think he's just – he played it as well as you can for a guy in the first game of the season. LSU looked as polished as any team mm-hmm. in the country, and that's what made me so excited. Forever, and you see it in all these games, teams have formation-type penalties and, and just all these mental errors. LSU was snapping the ball within 13 seconds. Like, Joe Burrow – was in complete control of that offense the entire time. And it was just, it's just something that we haven't seen a ton at LSU. You always, you know, Mike and I on the pod always talk about how it's like, oh, we had all these good, all this great talent. Well, finally, Joe Burrow has all these five star. I mean, our best wide receiver is our worst ranked guy in uh, Justin Jefferson, a legacy at LSU. Uh, number one, number two wide receivers in the country everywhere. They got a six, seven converted wide receiver to play tight end. That's a matchup nightmare Randy Moss's kid is on our team I mean there's so many weapons for him I think it's just he has to be good enough and he's better than that so any big game usually has some trash talk coming into it obviously Sam Allen there not not huge trash talk but when you end your season saying Texas is back you're kind of putting a target on your back yeah Uh, and heading into this game we got a little lip coming out of coming out of the LSU side we got and I'm gonna pronounce this guy's name linebacker um Caleb and Chazon? Caleb and Chazon. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, you did a good job. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Every, there's like seven different ways down here that people say it. It's fine. As I was going to say, there is the swamp pronunciation as well. I was waiting yeah. for that. Ed, Ed has a beautiful one. You should try to find it. Check it out. He's like, Chazon. <laughs> it's great. He basically came out and said, I don't, I don't really find Sam Ellinger to be too much of a threat. Now, now, in fairness, he was talking about he thinks that Ellinger uses his legs more than his arms, and that's that's the reasoning. But I know that he's kind of come back and said, "Well, you guys are taking this out of context." But what do we think? Is this? It, do we like trash talk before a big game? Do we wish the players would just be like, "Shut up! Don't give them bullet board material." What do you guys think on this? I hate when we do it to Bama. But other than that, I mean, if you're going to – I mean, seriously, it happens every year where someone starts talking trash to Bam and you're like, dude, we haven't beat them in so long. But as long as he's going to back it up, I'm completely fine with it. He came out today and said, look, he thinks he's a fine quarterback, but he stands by what he says and he thinks LSU's the better team. And, like, I, I mean, can you blame him? Everyone has that mindset. Someone just put a mic in front of his face and he answered honestly. So as long as he backs it up, I, I'm all down for the trash talk. Just show up on Saturday. 
Yeah, and I mean it's 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 a it's a particularly the the person saying it is good because I mean they they met in the state championship game right and 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 he beat Ellen Green. He's already done it, so I, I get it. I I'm never going to be mad. Texas may have had some shirts that mentioned something about being DBU. I don't know. So um, the don't, trash we, can oh, go both <laughs> ways. <laughs> I don't even want to get in that argument. Neither, that's embarrassing to put that on a T-shirt. Well, that's embarrassing. It, it's you, you know it's 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 uh, it's there's only really three teams, four teams in the conversation. It's you're you can. Depends how you choose to slice your numbers, but yeah, I, I I get it. I think it was slightly uncharacteristic, but maybe there's a swagger this year. But truly, like I mean, I, I think I have no problem with. He's a kid who also you know was about thirty minutes away from committing to Texas on on signing day. He kind of was going back and forth. It sounded like until the last minute to LSU. So um, you know, a kid that Longhorn fans have have had a lot to look at, and he probably is uh, endearing himself to the uh, Louisiana faithful by doing it. So I I get it, man. I as a fan of of uh, old school wrestling, I get a good heel turn, man. You gotta. That's how you win over the fans. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you want him to do? Say Ellinger's the best, and he right. wish he would have went to Texas. You know, I mean, people right. always just try to find something. And look, every team should take something to get hyped about. But look, this guy is one of the more athletic. You know, LSU's had a lot of guys: Kiki Mingo, Sam Montgomery, uh, Daniil Hunter. A lot of guys roll through this program at that defensive end spot. This guy could be that like perfect mix of athleticism and strength and speed like he, he's special man I can't wait to watch I hope he has a healthy season this year I feel like we were robbed of just watching some really fun stuff last year with him so I hope he has a good game and a good year I, I want to talk about this for a second because you said that you know what do you want him to say you know it's not about what you want him to say because you want him to be honest you want him to you know there's nothing wrong with feeling confident but the mic was in front of him. He is aware of how his words are going to be taken uh, in, in context with the media, a high-profile game. I'm not going to buy into this. So, well, he's just, you know, he, he didn't mean anything by it. He just was trying to be honest to, to the question. There's a difference because if you didn't want to light any fire, if you, if you, you would just say, you know, he's a good competitor. Uh, that team's going in the right direction. I look forward to, to facing him you know, on Saturday and leave it at that. You don't have to throw him under the bus and, and take a shot. But it's fun. It's fun to take a <laughs> oh, shot. It's definitely fun. You know? But and I think one of the reasons that this happened is and just like Tom Herman said in his post game press conference, like, oh, we haven't really paid much attention. We've been on week one. That's all we care about one week at a time. Both of these teams have been studying and watching film and planning for this game for a lot longer than the last couple days. And when you watch it and you have coaches yelling at you and saying this guy could win the Heisman, you're like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm better than this guy. I I can see where it happens. And, you know. LSU kind of has that DBU mentality where they talk a lot of trash and they they you know do whatever they want. I'm glad we don't have a turnover chain, but they're probably the swaggiest bunch without some rings and stuff. So if that's the attitude you need to have a nasty defense and say, yeah, you know, come try it, then I'm all for it, man. But are they DBU because their conference just discovered the forward pass? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It's possible, but they've put out a ton of guys into the NFL, man. I think you could put Tyron Matthew on Mars, and he would still be an all-pro in whatever sport they put. So, I mean, we can talk about the offense. I mean, if I, you're I the know. only Every... person on your planet doing it, you probably are the all-pro at whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, all, all I know is the last time we rolled up against a Big 12 team, we took first-round pick Pat Mahomes to the shed and beat him 66-12 to 12 or whatever that ended up being. Hey, you got to be careful. That That is my uh, – he's my boy. He's he's my favorite quarterback of all time. 
Yeah, he's great. I mean, he didn't look great in that LSU game, but other than that. <laughs> All right, so there's a there's a big concern this week, and I, I want to get back to the game for just a minute before we get too off on tangents. Texas. Yeah. Sam Ellinger's shoulders are already pretty damn heavy. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point they're about on the ground because Texas is down to one true running back, Keontre Ingram. Uh, behind him, they've got a converted quarterback, a converted linebacker, and I believe a converted walk-on safety as their backup running backs due to the number of injuries they've had pile up uh, into this season. How big of a concern is this for Texas in this game? Oh, I mean, you're, you're crazy if you hear anyone say that it's not it's not a big concern. Um, there is a way to look at this, though, that I think the pendulum has swung maybe a little bit too far. Uh, I mean, right off the top, they have their number one running back, right? There's There's been years in, in the past when, when no one really cared who was behind Cedric Benson or Ricky Williams. Um, you know, you, you, have a, you have a good running back, you feed him the ball. Keontae Ingram has been on a pitch count. Um, he is freshman year. Uh, was the more talented of our two backs, but kind of you know took about forty five percent of the snaps to it to a senior uh, who got in there, um, and that's mainly because he has carried the load for all of his career. I mean, he's he has in Texas high school football um, some of the most prolific his, uh, seasons in history. His senior year with twenty three hundred yards, his junior year with twenty two hundred yards, he had about five hundred and fifty carries over those two seasons. Sixty. 70 touchdowns um so was nick saban circa like 2010 his high school coach what the heck <laughs> i mean seriously he, was, he went to he went to a school called carthage um and took them to the state championship they're just a small school that you know has some talent year in year out they've they've put a couple guys um into major d1 ball but really just they realized they had a guy and they rode him all the way to state championship he just that was herman's kind of uh mentality coming in with him we talked about that on our podcast a lot when we were kind of uh, you know, uh, schwitzing over why this guy wasn't getting the getting the carries that we thought he deserved, but it really Herman saying, you know, a running back, you know, has a shelf life. Honestly, you know, it's there's a point where you don't want to give someone uh, thirty carries if you don't have to. Um, and so, kind of the uh, the his freshman season, not having to get you know getting to a really comfortable like eight hundred yards on on a, a nice easy uh, pitch count, and and you know in game one he got you know average seven yards a carry, only needed eleven carries before he got subbed mm-hmm. out he's ready for a game where you just feed him. Right. I think, uh, I think everyone was excited for what Whittington could be our five-star athlete, potentially the most explosive uh, recruit in the country this season, um, who is going to play receiver and then out of depth issues because uh, Darian Brown, again, the top big 12 running back recruit this year, um, true freshman uh, four-star out of Georgia was um, suffered a stroke before he walked across the stage in high mm-hmm. school, like a really crazy and tragic story forcing Whittington in there. So even losing Whittington, it's, it's, you lose dynamicism, but you, you have a kid who is a converted running back. So, you know, it's, it's been a, a bit of a makeshift thing for months. Texas has been facing that uh, they lose two guys behind him who are, you know, solid running backs with a ton of experience. Um, and now you have a quarterback as your second string. So it, it is what it is. Um, it's unheard of. It truly is. I've, I've never heard of five running backs all the way down the depth <laughs> chart hurt, you know, one guy standing at the top of a, a pile of bodies. But uh, so, so let me ask well, you, Texas you did have... lose to Maryland that lost like 500 quarterbacks, right? <laughs> True. Truly. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and, and it was because we didn't have the good game tape on them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to game hard to game plan against a linebacker. <laughs> you have Johnson or uh, Ingram looking at 
at the majority of the work. How is there any lingering concern about his knee, and how uh, ready do you think that that Johnson's going to be to to carry some of the workload uh, more than he did last week? Well, I'll say this right. So Roshan Johnson was an unbelievable high school quarterback. His his almost eight thousand yards uh, passing is one thing. He was just a couple yards shy of five thousand rushing. I mean, obviously that's from the quarterback position. That's a little bit different. But again, just an unbelievable high school athlete for Port Neches Grove. So I mean, the guy he knows how to take the ball and run forward with it. Uh, learning the running back position, obviously being a a, a different beast. But I think if he gets uh, out in the open field, he is electric. And obviously, you know, his carries are going to increase as the number two guy. I think the thing to think about is not just a straight depth chart, uh, but I think what you're going to see from Herman and, and offensive coordinator Tim Beck is is different looks. Um, you saw slot receiver uh, Devin DuVernay come in a two-back set uh, in week one, and they have some motion with RPOs. You're seeing a lot of these kind of uh, quick-hitting passes on to players on the move that are effectively uh, you know, extended running plays, right? That's a Big 12 staple. Um, and then again, you, you have Ellinger, right? You have at this point in the country, probably the um, most steady and consistent runner from the the quarterback position. I'm not going to call him the most electric. He's not uh, Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick, but you know, a, a guy who who can get you yards can surprisingly elusive. Um, but this year has shown a little knack for not taking the hit. So uh, if he can combine all those things and still be dangerous from that position, then I think they're going to see you know a, a different set than just well someone has to get 30 carries so it's got to be Ellinger as a quarterback draw I think you're going to see mixed up a little bit of different looks and in, in who on running plays gets the ball and how they get it is surprisingly elusive just a way of saying white yes <laughs> well no I, I I honestly think it's because the you know he had a couple gifts of truck sticks go viral and it's like this guy does not know how to not run over people um and then uh, towards the end of last year he had this kind of like um plant leg shimmy that he did that I always worried was a knee injury waiting to happen. Um, but it actually worked. <laughs> he, he shook OU defense pretty, pretty badly in that first game um, once or twice um, and didn't have to run people over. Um, he, 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 because he's a big dude, like people think he's going at you. He does have a little bit of shake, but yes, also white. Okay. So I want to do this to kind of wrap <laughs> things up. Um, Brett, yes. what is your one question for Kyle? Since you have someone uh, who covers Texas sitting here, able to answer for you. Uh, I mean, I guess my biggest question would be what you, how you feel about the the front, maybe even just the linebackers, because LSU is going to throw out a a ton of different running backs. This is more running backs than we've ever played ever. Tight ends. It, it seems like they really like those matchups, and they've talked a lot about the matchup on you know tight end on linebacker or running back on linebacker. I mean, are you confident in in them being able to do it? I know the linebackers are a little bit of a question mark. Yeah. I, I, I am curious to see it. You know, I have we have one linebacker, Joseph Osai, who um, again is is another young guy, but who's played over his weight. Um, he led the team in tackles in the Sugar Bowl. Was really his first game, uh, really his third game, but his first game really showing out. Um, and then was our best player. Should have had a pick six and a second interception in the first game. Um, had a really, really, really questionable roughing the passer call that gave LaTeX a touchdown. But either way. Um, he uh, he's he's probably going to be the guy you see out there who who doesn't rotate off. The senior uh, McCullough is a is a um, 
consistent guy who's been good and has actually flashed pretty well in pass coverage, uh, I think you won't see a whole lot of three linebacker sets at all. Uh, you're going to see seven defensive backs, though, and you're going to see even eight defensive backs with, with their crazy, what they call the cowboy package with one down lineman and, and everyone else kind of swarming. Um, you're going to see some of that. And if, if again, it's hard to read to extrapolate what that means from Louisiana Tech to LSU, uh, but the the big safeties the you know five star safeties they have uh who are could the size of small linebackers who've played really really well in run support um if they're able to do that against the talent that LSU has then i think texas might be the schematically one of the tougher matchups that LSU has just because they're not going to line up in any way that's traditional right they're going to bring different looks um they're explosive and they're faster than any texas defense i've seen in at least the past 10 years so Kyle, it's your turn. What's your question for Brett? So I will say this. Uh, I, I love Coach O. He's one of my favorite characters in the entire country. Um, a two-parter. First, is he as lovable and beloved as, as as he seems to an outsider who has no skin in the game? And then second, how how does he break the Tom Herman as an underdog streak? Like, does, Is there a secret... Ed O as the favorite, um, you know, because for the record, Herman is, I think, 13-2-1 all time against the the spread as an underdog, and that's a four-point spread coming into the game, maybe three and a half. So, uh, is A, is he... and a half now. Is it? It's up. Yeah, okay. it's moving. Right. Uh, look, man, I, there's so many Orgeron stories. He is the ultimate like car salesman type guy anyone he meets you feel like you're his best friend within 10 minutes five seconds of talking to you he he's just has this aura i've been around ed you know ed's kids went to the same high school i went to so if you go back for a football game ed's there every once in a while and it's just he always just has this aura i went to a camp uh, we were with the Rivals guys, and we went down to one of the recruiting camps on campus uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, and they do the full morning camp. Ed is, you know, talking to everybody, doing everything. And we go to lunch at Walk-Ons, and I'm driving back to hit the interstate, and he is, like, at least – 20 minutes into his run like he didn't do anything else he, he got done with this stuff he went for a jog ed is is just always ed and it's been really cool to see this is a guy that mike and i on the you know mike and i lived in the dorms together at lsu freshman year and it, we just would talk about how ed could be that guy to replace less because he just understands recruiting so much and can you know just hire other people to do things so it's been kind of cool to see this I went to sleep a couple years ago knowing Tom Herman was going to be the coach at LSU to waking up and him not being. And so that that one kind of sucked. But I think Ed has put – he's done everything that he's told the fans he was going to do. He's changed the culture of the program. He, he's gone out and got the offense that everybody wants. It's hard to really knock him at this point. And, and to answer your question about it, I, you know, I love Tom Herman. I went and watched him – beat up on OU when he was the head coach at Houston and they yeah. played in Reliant a couple years ago and I said that this is the guy I want to be the next coach and it didn't work out it sucks but I think what Ed has in his favor is that he's going into the going into Texas with one of the more experienced talented teams we've had since we went to the national title game in 2011 I, I think the talent top to bottom across the board is probably better 
And, and I think that may win out. But that's what worries me is Tom Herman scheming up a W against us. Ellinger running wild. It's 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 crazy how much better like like you alluded to he can be when when he gets to put a chip on his shoulder and feel like the underdog. I worry about the long term Texas success under Herman just because of the fact if if they're if they're good and they keep winning they're not going to be the underdog enough. You know you, they're going to have yeah. to uh, bench some guys to get it's it's like it's like sandbagging your your handicap on the golf course. We, oh we know <laughs> I've, I'm a sandbagger. Don't you worry. Uh, no, look, and I thought that was really interesting as I, you know, obviously lines change and close at different numbers. But when I was looking at some of the Texas stuff, it said last year they were five, seven and one against the spread. And I was like, wow, I must have lost a lot of money because I love Tom Herman. But you know, I just I assumed that they would have been a little better against the spread. But like you said, nope. when you're favored a lot more, it's a little harder to cover sometimes. That's why I don't bet on Texas. <laughs> Oh, I bet on LSU, and they rip my heart out every time. This is why I always bet against my team. So one way or the other, I'm always going to feel like a winner. The ultimate I don't hedge. like you life hedgers. I don't like you life hedgers at all. I, I mean, lie. that's fine. You can just feel double miserable sometimes, and I will always feel at least semi-happy. I'd rather yeah. be semi-happy than just, you know, drunk and depressed. I'd rather be drunk and semi-happy. All right, guys, you have been absolutely fantastic today. Uh, Kyle Carpenter, you joining us, as always. I appreciate it. I'm from the Longhorn Republic. If you guys are Texas fans and love the Longhorns, you need to go check out their podcast, him and Gerald Goodridge, who we have on the show all the time, do a fantastic show. And Brett Wynn from Pot of Gold, which, again, is the best spelt podcast name ever, G-E-A-U-L-X. X-L-D. Ah, G-E-A-U-X-L-D. See, it's hard. To, it's spelling was never my strong suit. And then you're throwing in some weird... That's how we do it. Bayou slang at me, so... <laughs> All y'all follow me and talk you trash have... when Texas wins. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be talking a lot of trash up <laughs> until then. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a hoot. You guys have been awesome. And uh, good luck to both your teams this weekend. And hopefully, as a Big 12 fan... Uh, we'll be uh, watching the Tigers go home with the tails tucked between their legs. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email, that's 1012podcast, T-E-N number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.